The views expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals being interviewed and do not necessarily represent those of the Greater Winter Haven Chamber of Commerce. You're listening to It's Happening in the Haven. I'm your host, Katie Worthington-Decker. Each episode, I get the privilege to speak to the amazing people taking Winter Haven and its surrounding Central Florida area to the next level. We're future-focused, celebrating our entrepreneurial history, and leveraging it for our bright future ahead. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of It's Happening in the Haven. I'm your host, Katie Worthington-Decker, President and CEO of the Greater Winter Haven Chamber of Commerce. And I'm joined today by my co-host, Rachel Lawrence, Marketing Coordinator for the Chamber. Hi there. This podcast is produced by the Winter Haven Chamber, but made possible through a phenomenal partnership with Dolphin Image Studios. Our producer from Dolphin is Joseph. Joe, tell us a little bit about Dolphin Image Studios. Thanks, Katie. Dolphin Image Studios is a full production film and television studio. We offer a 3,000-square-foot soundstage, psych wall, LED wall, an 8-acre backlot, and a podcast studio. To find us, go to facebook.com backslash Dolphin Image Studios, as well as on our Instagram at Dolphin Image Studios. On today's show, we speak to Anita Strang, president of Main Street Winter Haven, who gives us an update on why downtown was voted number one great place in the state of Florida. We also have a giving back nonprofit spotlight on the American Cancer Society's Relay for Life event with event chairs Chris Hazelwood and Lori Rice. And a little bit of Winter Haven history from Bob Gernert with the Museum of Winter Haven History. So, Rachel, you're new to downtown Winter Haven. What were your first impressions of downtown? Well, um, since I just recently moved back from Pennsylvania and I currently live in Lakeland, um, oh, I just know. Kidding. <laughs> and you know what? The drive really isn't too bad. It's not, right? I don't know why I never drove here before, I but know. I will say when I first started working for the chamber, I felt like I was like touring a different city. Mm-hmm. And every time we would walk downtown, I was like, I can't believe this is so close to us. And I, I'm just very excited to keep exploring the area and all the different restaurants and nightlife Winter Haven has to offer. Yeah, it really, I think that's what really surprises a lot of people is the number of restaurants that we have. And then it, there's so much added on. In fact, there was a, a new burger place that just opened um, with one of our chamber members, Jensen's Corner Bar, mm-hmm. just opened um, this month. And I mean, it just feels like there's always something new kind of cropping up. This podcast would not be possible without our chamber and investor businesses stepping up to support us. We'd like to thank one of our podcast presenting sponsors, Advent Health. Advent Health came to Polk County in September 2019 with the acquisition of Heart of Florida Regional Medical Center and Lake Wales Medical Center and has swiftly become an active and engaged community partner. Established in 1908 by pioneering Seventh-day Adventists who believed in whole person health, healing of the mind, body, and spirit. Advent Health has grown into one of the largest nonprofit hospitals in the country. In addition to the two hospitals in Polk County, Advent Health has also has CentraCare, an urgent care facility on Cypress Gardens Boulevard, and a physician's group office on First Street in downtown Winter Haven. Learn more at adventhealth.com. That's adventhealth.com.
One of the four foundational branding pillars of our community is Downtown is Our Stage, which can have many meanings. It is our stage for events, for music, for art, for entrepreneurship, recreation, local favorites, and so much more. Rewind 20 years ago and Downtown was what many would dub a ghost town, suffering from suburban sprawl and big box store mania. This is not the case today. Downtown is alive and revitalized with over 15 restaurants and bars, retail stores, event venues, live music, funky and unique murals and artwork, and even more on the horizon. This was made possible through the collaborative efforts of many organizations, but one most notably is Main Street Winter Haven. Today on the show, we have with us Anita String, president of Main Street Winter Haven. Welcome to the podcast, Anita. Thank you, Katie. Glad to have you here today. So you are originally from Alabama, which I have to say it like Forrest Gump. I don't know why I just have to. Yeah. Alabama. Um, so what was that journey like to Winter Haven? What brought you down here? I will give you the loop. I'm born in Alabama. I left Alabama at about three weeks old. Uh, moved to uh, Chicago my early years till I was about 12 uh, in Chicago. At that time, came back to Alabama for a little while little while in North Carolina, and then a job brought me to uh, Winter Haven. Mm-hmm. So you really bounced around a lot then. I did. Growing up, yeah. I think that, I did too. It builds character. It's a good You're thing. You're able to adapt much more easily to new situations. <laughs> and what was the name of the town in Alabama you were from? Because I love it. It is Opelika. 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 Alabama. I love it. Right. Yeah. Uh, they are, um, they have a new catchphrase. Now they're calling it Hope You Like Us. Hope you like us. I love oh, that's it. cute. I, I thought it was they, cute too. Yeah, that's Very a good cute. marketing agency right mm-hmm. there that came mm-hmm. up with that. <laughs> Anita, do you remember what your first impression of Winter Haven was when you first came here? I moved here in 95, and I have to say, I fell in love with the orange trees. I couldn't believe um, that there were so many and so close to the what we would consider now the downtown core. Mm-hmm. Um, and happy to see they had a Morrison's. That made me feel at home. Morrison's cafeteria. (laughs) Morrison's cafeteria. Yeah, those are big in Alabama. Great. (laughs) I'm glad that was on your list. (laughs) So how did you end up getting involved in the downtown Winter Haven scene? It was very important to me to stay home with my my two little ones. Uh, But once they got into school... I was ready to get back to work. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a business that I was running from my home, really outgrown my home, mm-hmm. big time. And <laughs> um, I was looking for a space that I could afford to move that business to. And downtown at that time was not um, what it is today. Mm-hmm. I was able to lease a really large space um, in the arcade um, for like 300 bucks a month. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. But were there any other businesses around you in the arcade? I mean, what was so what, Richard's, what year was that? What, Richard. Yeah. That was in 2000. Okay. In, uh, in 2000. Richard's Coffee, mm-hmm. who is um, where Confection is today, okay. they're in the arcade, mm-hmm. and I leased the entire back oh, wow. left side for 300 bucks a month. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I moved my business there. Um, I made custom design draperies um, and manufactured them, um, mostly for, I, mean, I did Lake Region, I mm-hmm. did, you know, large homes, different, uh, different things like that. I love to sew. I kept my business there for... A couple of years, I met a, a good friend, and she was an artist, 
and was looking to share some space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so we moved into another space. And interestingly enough, um, the space we moved into had these windows, mm-hmm. and both of our businesses were appointment only. So we just kind of would take things from our home or whatever and do pretty little vignettes mm-hmm. in the window. And we kept having people knock on the door going, hey, Are can you I open? buy that? Right. Can I buy that? And I'm going, well, it's mine. No, you know. <laughs> um, and then after a while, we just kind of went, huh, well, let's just, you know, let's just try it. You know? Right. So we committed about 10 feet in the front of our workspace, um, went to market, bought some things that we loved, mm-hmm. put them there and did like a little soft opening and sold everything and mm-hmm. kind of just kept giving up more and more square foot of our workspace for the retail store mm-hmm. until we just kind of said, never mind, we'll We'll, we'll just do the we'll retail, do the retail thing. Yeah. And so that was when, um, was it Livia? That was Livy de Dolce. Yeah. 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 That was, um, I think, a wonderful store until a little bit of recession time hit there. Right, right. Um, I always think uh, we would uh, be killing it if we could have just changed people's receipts to save from Lowe's. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, something... Well, yeah. yeah. Well, and and a lot of businesses have a timeline. They have a they you do. know, and especially yeah. when two thousand eight, two thousand nine hit, it was a tough. It time was a tough for time. retail. Yeah. yeah, Anita, since you opened your business in a time of transition, uh, what made you take that leap of faith? You mean to move it downtown? Mm-hmm. Yes, affordability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't find anywhere that I could afford. Um, and what I. Um, again, you know, my kids were still school age and, um, I was able to, um, create like a little space where they could come and play during the day and I could work Mm -hmm. and it, it fit really well, um, for my lifestyle and and budget and everything at the time. It was a little sad to walk by spaces that had the windows covered and I think it was where fire is now Mm -hmm. actually had like, it'd been kind of torn apart a little bit and had like a dirt floor. Oh my goodness. Uh, really? It was, yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I don't, I moved back to winter Haven in 2006. Mm-hmm. So I don't even remember downtown and that's just it's, six years from yeah. when you had originally gone. So downtown. the streetscape had been done. Right. And that's, that's kind of where I started transitioning to finding out about the main street program, mm-hmm. what it is and that type of thing. So that's what my next question was going to be. So when you um, moved your business downtown, it was still kind of that ghost town. You know, Mm -hmm. what Merle Bishop used to say, you could shoot a gun down Central (laughs) Avenue and not only would you not hit anybody, but no one would hear it, you know, yeah. Um, which I'm sure is a little offensive to the businesses that stayed in there through through all of the hard times. Um, But, you know, there was obviously a lot of conversation about how do we revitalize the downtown and and not mm-hmm. have all of the development happen just in Southeast Winter Haven or wherever those kind of areas were cropping up. So first, what is a Main Street program and how did it come to fruition here in Winter mm-hmm. Haven? I think that it was a great decision on behalf of the city of Winter Haven. I believe the Chamber of Commerce was involved at that time. There were a lot of business owners that got together. They were looking for different programs and different um, kind of formulas of how to revitalize a downtown. So in 1995, the Main Street program was established. And a Main Street program 
basically, especially at this point in growth, it's economic development for a defined area Mm -hmm. through historic preservation whenever possible. So we really want to um, take those beautiful buildings and just give them um, help support a new life for them so that we don't lose that character mm-hmm. and sense of place that your historic buildings bring to a downtown. When I feel like Main Street goes well beyond the historic building component, like it's a place yeah. where it starts. It but, is. And it is under at the state level, the programs under the historic resources. State and mm-hmm. his, uh, historic resources. Historic so that's resources. kind of a, where it starts. But can there be a Main Street in a non-historic area? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Um, the 80s, the Main Street program initially was um, created under the National Trust for Historic Preservation. Okay. Um, it was created as a way to like you had mentioned, the suburbia, the split. Everybody mm-hmm. was moving to the mall or the strip center, which left these historic downtown gathering places empty. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mom and pop stores um, were moving, and it left a lot of beautiful historic downtowns as ghost towns all across the United States. So this um, this was something that they really wanted to try to turn around. And so the Main Street program was created um, to kind of help solve that. Mm-hmm. Um, the initial, every, every, I think the initial goal for every Main Street program is to stabilize loss of your historic buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, after that has kind of happened and over time, and, and we're an older program, so... We're more into a different phase of a Main Street program where a lot of our historic buildings have been secured. They've Mm -hmm. been refurbished. They're active now. But that wasn't always the case. But because we are maybe right here right now, what we work with more is encouraging and, and stabilizing business and growth, I think, in the downtown, bringing people down so that they can see what has happened, Mm -hmm. you know. Anita, tell us about Main Street Winter Haven specifically. What areas do you cover? What is your mission and purpose? And what has Main Street Winter Haven accomplished in its existence? Our um, We have a the historic core, which is a little bit smaller. And that is an area that was designated as the historic district for downtown. Within that area, we do a lot of work to capture numbers and uh, growth and things to report back to the state um, level. So we have a uh, reporting district within the downtown. What we work within and and consider downtown basically is um, from Lake Silver to city center. Mm -hmm. Um, Sixth Street is a barrier. Um, First Street, however, we do jump First Street and um, because there are a number of Jean Leedy buildings on mm-hmm. Central across First, um, half block facing in just to capture those, those are part of the historic district. Um, so that would kind of be the boundary area. Um, oh boy, some of the things. Uh, it's been a it's been a long time. Um, so I feel like the Main Street program in Winter Haven has been very very effective. Um, early on, the streetscape program, as we were talking about early, I think was a game changer. Mm-hmm. Um, downtown had, you know, paved sidewalks. They had tried to put big pots 
this was cracking, you know, it was really didn't have a pull together look. Um, so the streetscape program um, was something that I believe just kind of set things on a different course. Mm-hmm. Was um, that um, just from a historical perspective? Because that was the government putting in money yes, first, which yes. we often talk about how right. government investment is normally swiftly followed by private investment if done correctly. Um, was that a hard, just thinking about how we have to advocate today for things, was that a hard sell to the city for them? Because that was about $12 million, which included yeah. some of the parks and the library and stuff like that. But I, that firsthand knowledge I don't mm-hmm. have of that because that's about the time I was getting involved um, with Main Street. Um, They had a public meeting Mm -hmm. uh, to show these drawings to get business owners to um, be supportive of it Mm -hmm. because they're, you know, there are inconveniences when you have the front of your business torn up for a couple of months. Um, But I believe everyone was super supportive and, um, you know, when it moved through it, it made such a difference. Actually, our numbers show it's usually, um, I believe, uh, dollars invested. Um, usually, each dollar owned by a public project um, is a one to three. And for some of the areas and projects that our community has invested in, we're almost to one to five. Oh, wow. So we're doing great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Great. So I would say the streetscape was a, a big, big deal. Shortly after the streetscape program, um, Main Street uh, developed a facade grant program. Mm. They partnered with the downtown CRA as a funding mechanism for this, but basically helping those downtown businesses by sharing a load, matching grants if they wanted to paint their building. Projects like that, they incentivize, they they make it possible for people to um, afford to beautify their building and, and to really make it look nice. So over time, these type of programs that we were a part of, I believe, have added to the overall aesthetic of downtown, making it um, the beautiful place that it is now. Um, we did our first um, historic preservation project. Actually, yesterday was seven years mm-hmm. that um, the first spur of that project happened. Um, we restored a historic music venue that was located in the downtown district. Mm-hmm. And um, that was a wonderful project. We were hoping it would create uh, cultural tourism for our downtown, mm-hmm. bringing more people to shop and eat in the restaurants. And it definitely has. So mm-hmm. Graham Parsons Dairy Down is um, just celebrating, I think, about four years as being open as a venue. And that was um, seven years ago that project started. W- yes, that the initial, yeah. that what spurred it was um, a book signing at the Winter Haven Library. Mm-hmm. You know, they brought in uh, Bob Keeling, who wrote a book, Graham Parsons Calling Me Home. And before that book, I think that the owners of the building did not know what that building was. No. I no. think most of us thought, like, if you blew on the building, <laughs> it would just fall down. <laughs> well, the roof was definitely going to go. Yeah. 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 Um, it had rotted. Two trusses, I think, had kind of rotted on the ends and dropped right. a little bit. Right. Yeah. Those concrete walls were probably solid, but everything, everything else, else was ready yeah. to go. Well, and yeah. I mean, how many times had all of us driven by uh, Grand Parsons Derrida and had no idea? I mean, that piece right. of history, had it not been for the fate that I'll call it of him down doing that book tour that would probably have gotten torn down eventually and used for something else. Yeah. Um, And one of the cool things that I think about 
the the Dairy Down is it is uh, all about that authenticity reimagined, which is oh, what yeah. I like to talk about in Winter Haven. We tend to not just say throw the baby out with the bathwater to say, how can we take something and bring it back to its former glory, that foundational kind of element. And that, I mean, that was built for the purpose of being a place where people could learn their craft and perform and get used to audiences. And That's it was right. a teen nightclub, right? Yeah. So, under 21. Under 21. Under 21 performers. Yeah. I, I agree 100% mm-hmm. on the authenticity. Um, I feel very, very strongly about each community has something special. Mm-hmm. And it is it's our jobs to find what those things are that make us unique mm-hmm. and and really work with those. Um, it gives each community its own personality and edge. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe downtown Winter Haven is really growing as a wonderful music um, and arts. I love seeing this component grow. Oh, absolutely. Well, and you even still have um, Young Musicians series at the Uh, Dairy Down. We have one coming up on the 28th. There you go. (laughs) And you have open mic nights and, you know, so various different things like that, that that go back to what its initial purpose was in the, mm-hmm. is it the 60s? 60s, it 60s? yeah. Um, it opened December 20th, 1964. Graham Parsons and his band, you know, at an 18-year-old boy. Boy. Yeah. yeah no, <laughs> young man. Um, you know, performed to um, a room full of Winter Haven's, you know, adults that wanted to come and be supportive of this. Yeah. And for those of you that don't know a lot about Graham Parsons, because I didn't know any, I had never heard of him. I mean, yeah. and and then you start to hear the lists of modern artists that attribute Graham Parsons to being one of their mentors in terms of their musical mentor. I mean, it's yeah. Mumford and Sons, Cheryl Crow, like names that you recognize. Rolling Stones. Rolling Stones, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he knew the Rolling Stones. Yeah, he had, yeah. Um, he and Keith Richards were very good friends, mm-hmm. um, and he spent some time with them and, you know, some say had a little bit of influence on the style of a specific album. Mm-hmm. So, well, we can definitely bring that's back a whole nother, full yeah, that's podcast a whole thing. on Graham Parsons because it's, <laughs> it's very, very interesting. But so when did you take over, um, as uh, leader of Main Street Winter Haven? Mm. Hmm. I um, <laughs> throwing that question at you. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I don't know. It feels like a while. Um, so I had I had been on the board, mm-hmm. and um, while I had my store and kind of transitioned through president, immediate past president, and when we lost the director, mm-hmm. I kind of filled in as director while we were searching for a new one, and then I had my store and. After a nice long weekend, my husband pointed out, he said, you know, you're hiring more people to work in your store so you can spend more time in the Main Street program. And I got, I just can't let it go. It's got it. No, there's right. just too much good stuff been done and we're losing ground. And we've just got to get this going again. And he goes, I think maybe you might want that job. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I, you know what I, I do? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, you know, just really felt, I believed I... I believed in it so much after seeing what happened early on in that transition. So there was this gray area where I worked for like a year, year Mm -hmm. and a half, just kind of in limbo. But Mm -hmm. it feels like I've had this job about 
eight years, <laughs> eight maybe? Years, yeah. You're like, it feels like and what you actually have, because I think you probably oh, feel like you've yeah. had it your entire life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe. <laughs> no, because, because it's just, I have to say, this job for me is very much a... Passion. I'm very passionate yeah. about it. Yeah. I love it. I do. I I do. I love seeing these businesses open mm-hmm. and seeing them do well. And I love seeing what happens right after there's like a park or some work done on something. You just see things as like a little bit of water and you see the flowers just start growing. Yes. And it's, yeah, it's really wonderful. Anita, what would you say your main goals for uh, Main Street Winter Haven in 2020 or going forward would be? Ah, I'm very excited about 2020. Um, we have a fantastic board of directors, I will say that. And when we had our board retreat, kind of discussing what were the top things we wanted to get accomplished this year, um, we have been working on um, some gateway signage into the downtown, and we are very close um, on that project. So I'd like to see that wrap up this year. Um, another committee, um, this is something that I'm very excited about is downtown has definitely grown to this place where we are working to develop a strategic marketing plan, a little bit different than a lot of our events are just, Hey, come downtown. Mm -hmm. These are going to be more, um, specific to what there is to do downtown. A lot of people don't realize all that there is just in the outdoors and recreation. So we've divided the year up into um, four each season. Mm -hmm. So we'll do a marketing campaign that just targets come downtown for the senior center has an amazing area. Mm -hmm. There's the tennis courts, trails. We have gyms, Pilates instructors, yoga. Mm -hmm. We've got... Of course, there's the um, skate park will be coming on. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of activities. The trail, the trail, the trail. Right there yeah. are the splash pad for your family. So there are things to do for the whole family in that realm. We um, are going to move from that on to do um, highlighting dining downtown. Um, we could almost do like dinner around the world a yes, little it's bit. It's our own little Epcot uh, World Showcase it, it in is. downtown. Yeah. You know, you've got wonderful Mexican food, you've got the all American and the Italian, and it's so we, Japanese, uh, the, the Thai. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to campaign, come downtown for your dining. Um, we are going to, in the fall quarter, we're going to do downtown's entertainment, highlighting the music venues. We have music venues, and then we have restaurants that always kind of carve out a great place for music. We have music in the park. We have music on the streets. So we're going to highlight the music and nighttime um, activities at that point. And then, of course, the last quarter, we're going to highlight retail. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, we really want to get people shopping local and shopping downtown for the holidays. So I'm excited. This is our first time doing this more targeted uh, marketing. So I think that's going to be a lot of fun um, to see that kind of get kicked off. I think, you know, the other thing that I would love for people to know, there's so many ways that they can get involved Mm -hmm. with what's happening downtown. Um, We would love to have, we have committees that are open. We have public committees. So we have some board members on those committees and we would love to get, you know, people involved. If, If you love what's happening, we've got a place we can get you plugged in. 
So I think you kind of touched on this in answering the last question, but is there anything else viewed your like top three list of mm-hmm. what you want people to know about downtown? What else would be on that list? Well, A, if you haven't been downtown in a while, mm-hmm. it is well worth coming downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that it's, it's so funny. We're so spoiled, I feel like, here in Winter Haven. If I have to wait at a red light for very long, I just kind of go, wow, my gosh, this traffic, <laughs> the traffic is terrible. <laughs> you know? And it's really not. No. Um, but, you know, we have um, now, you know, just getting over to, through Cypress Gardens. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, so I run into people occasionally and they're like, yeah, I haven't been downtown in a couple of years. And I'm going, well, you should come. Right. <laughs> you won't believe it. You know, and sure enough, they, a lot of them say that we, we've. We've got some events designed specifically mm-hmm. to try to get people in and out of businesses so that they can see what all there is and what's new. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget sitting at Enterprise Rent-A-Car when my, I was in an accident and had to get, you know, one of those uh, rental cars for a couple yeah. days. And I hear a guy that's running a car um, ask if there is a craft brewery in town. And these two young guys, I mean, they couldn't have been more than 2021, 20, mm. were like, oh, no, we don't have one. And I just couldn't let it go. I was like, excuse me? <laughs> and I go up we and have I'm a like, fantastic I walk and I'm like, just stop. What do you need to know about the community? <laughs> excuse me. So, Chamber yeah. director. And I mean, that, they, how could they possibly not, not know? know? But you, mm-hmm. you, we live in a little bit of a bubble. We because do. we get we get the frankly the privilege to work downtown every single day so we know there's 15 restaurants yes. we know that there's yeah. these just little meccas of you know like nutwood and mm-hmm. arabella's and mm-hmm. and little union tap room and all, all and... the shops all the really you know cute retail stores and and women's clothing stores and stuff like that so it really is i mean we talk about this weird dividing line where yeah. You know, people out in the outskirts, uh, they go to work, they go home, they go to work, they go home. But, you know, I'm guilty yeah. of it as well. Yeah. I kind of consider downtown my yard. And somebody asked me, well, have you eaten, you know, wherever? And I go, oh, no, I don't eat, leave the yard very often. <laughs> I'm just really, I'm so happy right here. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I understand how your life can get in this comfortable, here's my ring that I go right. to. But I'm I'm going to challenge people to get out and come downtown yeah. and and. I think they'll find um, maybe a new favorite. Well, and we love our our chain restaurants. We're very thankful that they have invested in the Winter Haven community. But next mm-hmm. time you're sitting out front of a chain restaurant, it's an hour long wait. Wait. Just get back in your car and come mm-hmm. back downtown. And I mean, now with the Ritz Theater back and active, yeah. you may have a little bit of a wait, but um, you really can enjoy some amazing. And you're shopping local. You're supporting That's local exactly entrepreneurs right. that have invested of themselves into a business. So, yeah, That's think about right. that. <laughs> yeah. You already kind of answered this, but what other events? So you mentioned kind of your quarterly events Mm -hmm. that you'll be having um, throughout the year. But what other events should our listeners be paying attention to? Well, right now I am super excited about CityWorks Expo. Mm -hmm. This is our fifth year of CityWorks. It is a little bit like I think the easiest way to explain it to someone would be it's a little bit like TED Talks mm-hmm. where a uh, talk might be anywhere between 10 minutes and 45, 50 minutes. But each of these talks are um, on a topic that relates back to building a better community, um, whether that be good government, leadership, outdoors and recreation, food, um there's a heavy social justice uh, point of it because mm-hmm. we want to make sure that we're, you know, um, 
creating an environment with equity for everyone. And that discussion needs to be public. Um, So this is just a platform for people to meet and share ideas and projects that maybe are working in another uh, city in Florida. Um, And, you know, it's been great to be able to see people connect and projects come from it. So that that is uh, um, March 11th and 12th. March 11th and 12th. We'll be holding it at the Ritz. The Ritz Theater. Excellent. And if people want more uh, information on City Works, is there a website they can go to? There is. um, City Works Expo FL.com. Yep. And that's Expo XPO. XPO. Yep. Expo Florida FL FL or you can always um, uh, you know reach out on the Main Street website it's there as well yes absolutely well Anita thank you so much for coming in today Mm -hmm. we are so excited to share the good news of downtown I think that's one of the things that um, I want all of our listeners to know whether you used to live in Winter Haven and have moved away or you're in Winter Haven right now or around the state of Florida and the uh, we didn't even mention this which I feel very remiss we just won oh number one, number one great place in Florida, downtown Winter Haven That's one, it. downtown Winter Haven specifically. Yep, yep, yep. Florida great place, uh, 2019 award winner, downtown Winter Haven by the um, Florida chapter of the um, American Planning Association. Yeah. It's just, it's just been exciting. This is a super exciting time um, to be downtown. And to be part of this energy. It yeah. is. It is. And and that was, I mean, we were against St. Armand Circle. I mean, there were some really uh, beautiful places that we love yeah. to visit. But um, I'll tell you what made me most proud about that is, um, you know, people had to vote on it. And Winter Haven mm-hmm. just overwhelmingly came out to vote for that award. And there is just such a sense of pride. And, you know, even 10 years mm-hmm. ago, we used to have long conversations about how self-deprecating we are and how there just seems to be this lack of pride. And I don't feel that anymore. No, you got to get over that. So, so proud. We love our city. Yes. No, I think it's, I think it's the culture of collaboration that we have here. People love it. Um, It was wonderful to have that award celebration in South Central Park, Mm -hmm. another project that was born um, in a main street committee, um, the design committee. And it is a beautiful park. Another good reason to come downtown if you've not seen this park in the realignment. It's beautiful. It is, absolutely. So so if you didn't catch on, the lesson for today is <laughs> come, come downtown. downtown. Come downtown. Enjoy everything we have to offer. So again, Anita, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This podcast is made possible through the generous support of local businesses in the Winter Haven community, including our presenting sponsor, Fred Simons Insurance Agency. That's right. There's a new farmer's insurance agent in your neighborhood. Meet Fred Simons with the Fred Simons Insurance Agency located at 325 Avenue C Southwest, Winter Haven, Florida. As the road you travel changes, so can your insurance needs. Give Fred Simons a call today at 863-259-1826 so he can help you as you assess whether you're ready for the journey ahead. That's Farmers Insurance Agent Fred Simons at 863-259-1826. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Underwritten by Farmers, Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state.
I doubt if there is a listener out there that hasn't been affected by cancer, and equally not one of us that hasn't dreamt of a cure being discovered. Coming up in April is one event that highlights the need for a cure, helps to fundraise for the cause, and celebrates those who have survived it. Today in our Giving Back Nonprofit Spotlight, we are talking about the American Cancer Society's Relay for Life with the event chairs, Chris Hazelwood and Lori Rice. Welcome to the podcast, ladies. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Of course. So what is Relay for Life? Well, Relay for Life is a community-based fundraiser for the American Cancer Society. Back in 1985, Dr. Gordon Klatt, who was a surgeon from Tacoma, Washington, he walked 24 hours to raise money for the American Cancer Society, 83 miles, and raised over $27,000. Oh, wow. Which started this global phenomenon. We now have over 5,200 communities in 20 countries. That's amazing. Wow. Wow. So at that what we're doing is we are going to raise money having our own teams walking around the track. And this time, this year, we will have it again at South Central Park in downtown Winter Haven. Very good. And what is the event, or when is the event this year in Winter Haven? So the event is Friday, April 24th, and it's held from 6 p.m. till 10.30 p.m. Um, at Central Downtown Park in the Winter Haven. So we're super excited because it's such a great venue and a great place for people to gather. So we're really excited. Well, and it's funny. I remember in college, it was 24 hours. And I think we used to do it 24 hours in Winter Haven, didn't we? Yes, we we did. But that um, uh, is a lot of commitment. (laughs) (laughs) Especially when it rains. Especially when it rains and you're set up in tents in the middle of, uh, because it used to be uh, at Denison Stadium, wasn't it? I remember um, when I was at Bond Clinic and even in college. I mean, it's one thing to ask a lot of college students to gather on a football field and stay up for 24 hours. Their stamina is a lot better. (laughs) I don't know if there's enough coffee to do that anymore. There isn't. There isn't. But now that you guys are in downtown Winter Haven, there's plenty of coffee. There's plenty of food. You can stop, get your sushi midway through, whatever you need to do. So. So, um, so you said Friday, April 24th. 24th. Yes. Friday, April 24th. And so how did uh, both of you get involved in Relay for Life? I got involved back after I was diagnosed back in 08, and I went to the one at the Orange Dome. Mm-hmm. And I went to the Survivor Dinner, and they were sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's fine and dandy, but I thought, uh, I think we deserve a little bit more than this. So... With the help of John Hubner, Longhorn and Olive Garden, and Carissa Gormory Goodies, they have been doing our survivor dinners and greatly appreciate them. So the event itself, and well, Lori, first tell me how you got involved in this. So, um, you know, I, I'm a nurse for BayCare, so obviously I have seen um, far more than most people have related to cancer, but um, I lost my grandmother to cancer. But honestly, moving to Winter Haven when I met... In our leadership class, Leadership 39, um, <laughs> I had to put that in there. Shout out to Leadership Winter Haven. <laughs> so, Nailed it. Yeah. So I was really lucky because I, you know, we had a great group of people, but I met three of my very best friends in Winter Haven, which is Chris, Hap, and Jacob mm-hmm. Burton. So, um, you know, they, Chris and Hap are survivors. Jessica Burton, who is our um, honorary chair, is a survivor and is um actively fighting chondrosarcoma, which is a rare soft tissue and bone um, cancer. So um, with getting with them, it was just amazed me how positive and upbeat they always are, and they're involved in everything in the community. And it just made me want to become more involved in Winter Haven. So 
I really have been trying since I got here to really kind of make a difference. And Jessica Burton, who is our honorary chairperson, she is the most amazing person you have Mm -hmm. ever met in your life. Mm -hmm. If you have not had a chance to meet Jessica when you come down to the event, I, you know, you just need to be near her to feel her positivity. They have two young daughters. Um, She has a beautiful heart. She's just amazing. So um, that's when I knew I had to get involved to start um, helping raise money and, and get this disease to to the end. Yeah, you would never know um, that Jacob and Jessica have gone through what they've gone through. It's amazing. And um, and I do have to give a shout out. So you hear us talk about on this podcast a lot, the Leadership Winter Haven program, um, because so many of the people doing amazing things in Winter Haven have gone through the program. And we don't take total credit for that, <laughs> but we take credit for pulling people together <laughs> yeah. that are doing amazing things. And um, when uh, while the program was going on, Jessica got diagnosed um, again. Again. And your leadership group pulled together an event in what two weeks? Yeah, maybe. Yes. That less raised, than a month. Yeah, yeah, less than a month. That raised fifty thousand yeah, dollars for Jacob's family. It was amazing through that. And I mean, it brings tears to my eyes every time I think about it because it's just. Um, I mean, you guys didn't know each other. No. Eight months prior to that and Mm -hmm. to watch you all coalesce around his family. um, And and really, that's kind of what Relay for Life is all about. It's about showing the support for the cause and the community and having an entire community rally around and not just our community. But what did you say? There are 5,200 events. Uh, it around the 5, world, two hundred communities, communities um, around the the globe mm-hmm. uh, that are celebrating this cause. So on the night of the event, what yes. can um, if our listeners want to get involved? What what's the night like? Kind of walk me through. You got it. What events are can happening? I take that you yeah. can. Oh my God. Okay. First <laughs> off, we start at five o'clock as a survivor dinner. To go there, you have to. If you're a survivor, please please sign up, and it is relayforlife.org slash winterhaven. Please sign up. You and your caregiver get a free dinner that night, but we must have a count. And after that is a six o'clock is the opening ceremonies followed by the survivor lap with Jessica leads us, then the caregiver lap, and then we have a luminary ceremony and tons of activities and, and, and entertainment but what I want to make sure is that these men have a pair of heels. I was going to say, Chris, you have to mention the men in heels because that is by far my favorite event. It's the most amazing <laughs> race you'll ever want to see. We've had Brad Dantzler, Adrian Jones, uh, <laughs> Bud Strang, Chief Bird, Mike Mahalik, Team Michael, Doctors, Commissioners, Rick, Nick Miller, Austin Schreiber, Nick Platt, Brian Reeves, Hap Hazel, just to say a few. And they look amazing in heels, by the way. Oh, They've yeah. all run. I'm just, I, they always talk about how good their calves look. They yeah. do. Yeah. They're hairy little calves. Yeah. But yes, it, please sign up at the same website, and it's only 500 If you have five friends give you 100 you're done. Mm-hmm. You can keep going at it, and we'd appreciate that. We, um, The people that want to come and don't know what to do, please put a team together or they can do a sponsorship mm-hmm. or we have service hours for kids. They can have, we need school bands there to applaud and um, lead the survivor lab. We need people to attend and support. Remember, survivors must register and also remember that raising funds now, mm-hmm. 80% of this is done before the event. And uh, with the luminaries, is that something that you can purchase to light on um, uh, in either memorial of someone or for a survivor? 
Um, so that's that's one of those things that you can actually purchase, correct? That's true. They're okay. $10, and no one needs to go through this alone. So let's paint this p- town purple and show <laughs> them how much we care. And it's awesome to see the luminaries because people put their personal journeys on there or journeys with that they've had with their family members. Mm-hmm. It's just really touching. It's amazing. Absolutely. And if someone can't necessarily be there the night of, the website you mentioned, uh, relayforlife.org slash Winterhaven, can mm-hmm. they donate either to a team on there that they, they want to sure support can. or just individually they sure can wonderful we'd appreciate it so chris and Lori, thank you so much for being on the podcast today is there anything else you want our listeners to know about relay for life come out and support yeah just come and have a great time if it's nothing else upbeat. it is just a great community event and i want to thank our presenting sponsor too wayne fellows incorporated very good absolutely well we know it takes a village and we know that it takes a lot of people to come together to put an event together like this so thank you ladies for for doing that this year i know chris you've been doing it for many numerous years, years. <laughs> um you thought you retired yeah. but retirement <laughs> is not actually something you're ever going to be able ever to do. Yeah. this is my maiden <laughs> voyage and, I, and I said she had to come with me i couldn't do it <laughs> exactly exactly so you know to everyone out there listening please mark your calendar for friday april 24th in downtown winter haven And the opening ceremony is at 6 p.m. Of course, the Survivor's Dinner, you said, is an hour before, 5 p.m. And again, more information is available at relayforlife.org slash winterhaven. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. This podcast would not be possible without our Chamber Investor Businesses stepping up to support us. We'd like to thank one of our podcast presenting sponsors, Meeks Real Estate. Winter Haven was rated by Realtor.com as our number one hottest real estate market. Do you need help navigating your home search? Meeks Real Estate LLC is owned and operated by broker Realtor Carla Meeks. Carla has over 14 years of experience in residential and commercial real estate, as well as her GRI designation. Her office is located at 1510 North Broadway Avenue in Bartow. But Carla is actively involved in all of Polk County. Call or text Carla at any time. She would love to help you buy, sell, build, and invest in Central Florida. 863-604-9287 or visit CarlaMeeksRealtor.com. That's C-A-R-L-A-M-E-E-K-S Realtor.com. As a part of our weekly podcast, we will have a variety of segments touching on topics that make Winter Haven in Polk County what it is today. Our next segment is Where We Came From with your history segment host, Bob Gurner, director of the Museum of Winter Haven History. Let's talk today a little bit about Frederick Inman, MD, and Florence Villa. Several years after F.A.K. Harris and his family built the first structure in the Platted Village that would become Winter Haven, Dr. Frederick William Inman and his wife Florence Jewett Inman came to the area from Akron, Ohio. Dr. Inman was co-founder of the American Cereal Company, later a portion of the Quaker Oats Company. It was the winter of 1886 and Mrs. Inman's health prompted her physician to recommend a warmer climate. Her father, Dr. Mendel Jewett, had purchased a large tract of land north of Winter Haven and the couple camped there on their first visit. The visit proved good for Mrs. Inman's health, 
and the couple elected to return to this area to make their home. Dr. Inman ultimately purchased the Jewett land, which extended from Spring Lake to the intersection of U.S. 17 and U.S. 92. He eventually named the area we know as Florence Villa in honor of his wife. Their first house was located on or about the present site of the Spring Lake Shopping Center and attracted frequent visitors from the north, so much so that Dr. Inman kept expanding the house until later it was converted to the Florence Villa Hotel. In its day, this establishment was considered one of the inland Florida's finest resorts. It featured a beautiful golf course on the site of what is now Stately Oak Subdivision and Spring Haven Retirement Center. It also offered a small boat tour of Lake Spring and Mirror. The lakes were connected naturally by a run of high water near the present canal. Dr. Inman was very interested in the potential for various crops in this area, and he continually experimented with growing of citrus, tomatoes, and even pineapples. Among his many successes, he founded the Florence Villa Packing House. Decades after his death, he would be recognized for his pioneering work in the fledgling citrus industry. Due to the commerce associated with the Inman Citrus and Hospitality Enterprises, the Florence Villa area thrived. The hotel proved so popular that the railroad built the Florence Villa Station. The community incorporated years later in 1917, but eventually merged with the larger Winter Haven area in 1923. Dr. Inman, wife Florence, and her sister Mary Jewett were generous pioneers who loved this area. As a testament, the family donated Inman Park property, which serves as the northern gateway to our community. The park, beautifully restored by the city of Winter Haven, contains their final resting place. There are no direct descendants of Frederick and Florence Inman, but many relatives have continued to call Winter Haven home. If you want to learn more about the history of Winter Haven, tune into our podcast or like the Museum of Winter Haven History's Facebook page for more information and their hours of operation. Well, that's it for another episode of It's Happening in the Haven. We'd like to thank our guests for today's podcast, Anita Strang with Main Street Winter Haven, Lori Rice and Chris Hazelwood with Relay for Life, and Bob Gurner with the Museum of Winter Haven History. Be sure to tune in every week to It's Happening in the Haven, available on all your favorite podcasting platforms. To learn more about Winter Haven and the Chamber of Commerce, visit winterhavenchamber.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We hoped you learned a little bit about our community today and even more about the people who are shaping its future. After all, no true community exists without the people who form it. Winter Haven. Some call it a haven. We call it home.